calling all video game toy and comic vendors. Saturday, May 30th at the Superkick Columbus Indoor Soccer Arena in Lewis Center, Ohio comes the 2020 Torg Gaming Expo. The Torg Gaming Expo will offer a wide variety of comics, toys, video games, as well as door prizes, art, arcades, special guests, panels, and video game tournaments. The Expo will be hosting the Classic Tetris World Championship Midwest Qualifier during this event. Finalists will win a trip to Oregon for the finals and a cash grand prize. For vendors who would like to attend the Expo, don't miss the Early Bird Special, where you get an 8-foot table for $40 until February 1st. Want to be involved with the Expo but don't want a table? Become a sponsor. Multiple spots are available and will be advertised to attendees, but act fast because spots are limited. The 2020 Torg Gaming Expo, presented by the Candair Podcast. For more details or to sign up as a vendor or sponsor, go to torgevents.com. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the bug that splatters across the windshield of crime. I am Darkwing Duck, and I'm listening to the Candair Podcast. How about you? Welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us this week, we have a creator, well, the creator of a game, uh, well, a character, I should say, but you might remember best as a Sega game that was on the shelf called uh, Shaykhan the Forever Man. I mean, as soon as I saw that uh, cover, as soon as you showed it to me, boy, come rushing back, come <laughs> rushing back real quick. But uh, we're not only going to talk about that, but uh, the other incarnations these characters, uh, this character has seen. We welcome Robert Krauss, also known as Rack, to the show. Robert, thank you so much for being here. Hey, my pleasure. Glad to be. We're going to have a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about cult classic video games, movies, uh, TV shows, TV shows, whatever qualifies in the realm of cult classic. Uh, I think Jack kind of informed me one of my picks aren't isn't going to count, but we will see <laughs> about that, Jack. We will see. And then uh, after we do that, we're going to turn our full attention over to Rack and talk more about uh, Shaykhan, the Forever Man, and everything that goes with it. But before we do that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing and want to show your support, head over to Patreon.com forward slash CandairPod and you can become a patron. For $5 a month, you get access to the Candair Patreon pod and all the fun goodies we have coming down the pike. It's taking a little longer than I expected, but uh, we're getting there. It's going to be worth it. Yeah, uh, yeah a lot of, lot, lot of cool things coming. So, uh, again, look out for that. Uh, gentlemen, what am I forgetting? Anything? No. Anything Wizard World related? Nope. 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 <laughs> Let's <laughs> kick it off with this week's <laughs> Retro Roundtable. And away we go! I'll be back. <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! All right, up. gentlemen. Cult classics, movies, television, shows, uh, and uh, video games. Where do we start? How about I start? I never start. There you go. There you go. go. Yeah. How about that? Jeremy, how about you start? Okay, here's one I just, I just don't get. And I, this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion. But The Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't... I'm right there with you. I don't... I mean, it was. It's like twenty years after it came out. Like, is when it like hit its stride. It seemed like Hot Topic couldn't pack their fucking walls <laughs> tight enough with with that merchandise. It was always popular, but then yeah, it, it did seem to blow up all of a sudden mm-hmm. out of nowhere. I remember when it I, came. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Robert. You know, I'm gonna have to disagree. I, I think it was a seminal film. I think. Uh, he brought back the stop clock animation stuff that Ray Harryhausen used to do in the old mm-hmm. Sinbad movies and stuff. And it had a distinct look. And uh, for an artist or a creator to have a look that is instantly recognizable as their own, I mean, that's a hard thing to do with all the artists that have been around. So uh, sure. I got to give him credit, dude. Oh, I'm, I'm not taking any credit from it. I just don't get the cult classic following to it it's a gorgeous movie but when i sit and watch the movie i can't get pulled into it yeah, for some yeah. reason I, I there's i've tried several times and i can't get pulled into it um i'm just maybe i'm it's just i'm not a musical kind of person maybe that's that what could it be is. it too yeah 
You know, I'm more. Uh, yeah, I will not uh, say it's a shitty looking film. Definitely beautiful. I'm sorry. I was saying maybe it's because it's more visual film for me. I'm a visual person, mm-hmm. and the visuals are obviously a lot more impactful than the storyline. Right. That's why I open with this unpopular opinion. I, mean, I, 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 I get there's probably a lot of people gritting their teeth right now. Too. We're throwing down in the first five minutes. They press stop. I don't know. Fucking around ago. today. I'm not listening to the show anymore. They don't like Nightmare Before Christmas. All right, uh, let's jump over to Robert. Uh, cult classic. You know, I like um, as far as a cult classic for a movie. I w- oh man, that's a tough one. I would probably say the old beef science fiction movies are the ones I always like. Nice, you know, nice. like um, War of the Worlds, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Them, the giant ants. Um, but probably my favorite in the more recent period, the last thirty years, would be The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. That 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 movie is a perfect sci-fi movie. It's a perfect horror movie, and a perfect thriller. So for me, my ultimate cult classic movie would be The Thing, John Carpenter. Yeah, that's a good movie. I've never Kurt seen Russell it. one? Yes, yeah. yeah. I still don't know if I can make it through that whole movie watching that first <laughs> from watching when I was little. And they're supposed to be doing another a remake of it oh, again. I just read this Really? Weekend. Yeah. Yeah, they, they always try to remake John Carpenter's movie, and I just wish they would quit. I mean, the guys... You know, they, we do the fog and it sucks. You know, they it's just just leave it alone. He's a master at his craft. Just don't remake his movies. Right. There's no way it'll be as scary as it no. was. Then. No way. I guarantee you it'll be all CG. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's yeah. the thing too. Being it was practical effects then because it had to be. Was this like in the in the ice tundra mm-hmm. yeah. or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I need to watch that. I've never seen it, but I've heard you guys talk about it so yeah. many times. I felt like I've seen it. Just <laughs> thinking about it's unsettling for me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All I can think of is uh, Empire Strikes Back, the big uh, hairy monster that comes out and gets him. <laughs> All right. Uh, who's, who would like to go next? Go, Randy. Okay, I'll go. So a uh, completely different vein than uh, the thing, but uh, this is Spinal Tap. Oh, uh, I knew that one was yeah. going to come up. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, dad had the DVD, and I was just, I remember getting it, and I'm like, what, what is this? Popping it in, and I was laughing my ass off it the entire so time. It is so good. Um, yeah. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. I've seen probably the best clips of it. It, it slows down a little bit, I think, towards the end there. But there's, I mean, there's so many funny parts, like, in there, like, with but it goes to 11. Yeah. Well, that's the, the this one most well known. Yeah. <laughs> when, when he gets stuck in that fucking pod playing the bass guitar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or the midgets dancing around the, uh, was the crucifix. Uh, is that, is that politically correct, Randy? Oh. I'm sorry. Oh. Little people. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> nice correction. Yes, yes, I tried. Well, that movie was made when they were doing, you know, comedies that were not politically correct, like, oh, you yeah. know, Blazing Saddles. Oh, yeah. Know, oh, yeah. That, which is, you know, those are great movies. I still watch them whenever they're on. They're oh, yeah. great. My dad was telling me apparently they made a sequel to that, but it's just like a live concert. A sequel to? The Spinal Tap. Really? Yeah, I think it was like nah. Spinal Tap on tour or something. What were you saying, Robert? I said I had not heard of that. That's awesome. Yeah, um, and I know um, my dad, uh, 80s rock guy, was also into the Band-Aid uh, musical charity movement, mm-hmm. and the, the two of the actors like had roles in that, which blew my mind after I fa- found that out. I don't know if that really surprises me, because it, I mean, it was a big deal. Yeah, I guess it didn't. I just had always looked at that as like serious artists. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah. they had a whole album, didn't they? Final yeah, the, yeah, yeah. There's an album you can get. That's like the Blues Brothers actually had an album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just for our listeners who might be at home wondering what the <laughs> fuck all the beeping is that you're hearing in the background, if you can hear it, I'm sure you can because it's loud as hell in my ears. There's construction work happening across the street. So at eight thirty in the evening. Happy fucking day. Happy <laughs> happy day. Uh, anyway, Randy, would you like to go next, or was that your pick? I, I did. Yeah. Did you already go? Nope. It's my turn. Go now. ahead. Donnie Darko. Oh, mm, I knew that was going to poke its head Did out. Did you somewhere. really? Oh, oh yeah. That's. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so it's easy, the cult classic of cult classics, pretty right? much. And I have no. I still every time I watch that movie, I'm still like, "What the hell happened?" <laughs> and then I go and search the internet and find all kind of different like papers people have written on exactly what's going on with the the name of the book that I can't remember that he found about time travel or something like that. I 
I watched it years ago and I was just like, eh, I didn't care to figure it out, you know. But one thing that always stuck with me was the, because uh, didn't like an airplane engine fall through the ceiling of the house yeah, right yeah. onto his bed? That's when, yeah, it all started. Everything started. Right. And there's something about that. Like, I have those kind of bad odds. Like, <laughs> if you guys were to ever hear that would happen to me, I, I can't imagine you'd be surprised. You know? Like, he'll be back. <laughs> yeah. No, just like, yeah, that's about his luck. Yeah. <laughs> Airplane engine. It's bound to happen sooner or later. It's just a matter of which day. Did it hit the toys? <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Yeah, no shit. No shit. All then right. they came out with the second movie, the sequel, was which was about his sister, but it was stupid. Oh, they had. I didn't even know they had a yeah, sequel. Yeah, I thought I'd watch it straight just to DVD. See, I think mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah. Kind of like the Blair Witch 2. <laughs> that wasn't straight to DVD, but man, it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that was bad. That was bad. Um, how about Family Guy? Now, it was only the cult following that brought this show back from the dead. Because remember, they did, what, it three did, seasons? Yeah, yeah. And it did get and canceled. It got canceled, huh? and it disappeared for years. And, uh, yeah, they... The demand for it. I think they made a movie or something, right? Yeah, the Star Wars movie. Or no, no, no. no, no. I, I don't remember what they did. Maybe I'm thinking did of Futurama because that that actually happened with Futurama. Futurama too. did have a movie. That's right. But uh, yeah, they brought it back, and it's still freaking going to this day. That's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I mean, well, I, these animated shows have done really well. Like you know, The Simpsons, the longest running show, Family Guy. I mean, it's. It's really neat to see, you know, the adult style animation uh, doing so well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I haven't seen Family the new Family Guy in a long time. It's so been a little while for me too. I don't know how the show's holding up. I I don't hear people talk about it like I used to. Mm-mm. But um Thank you, South Park. You don't hear people talk about that as much either. Yeah. That's true, but That's I got to tell it's you That's a cult following because there are those people that do. So it's just kind of, it's not out in the mainstream as much. There's that small group that lives and dies by it all the time and watches it. South Park is so freaking good. It, it, it's amazing to me how it manages to keep itself fresh and clever and, you know, new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this whole last season, Randy uh, had the whole weed farm, Tegrity Farms. No, and so, talking about that. You know, it not only <laughs> not me. was he doing that in the show, but the, like when the, the, the opening theme song to the show was changed. Like, go on down to Tegrity Farms, going to have ourselves, you know. It's, uh, it's just nice to break away from the usual for a season there yeah. and just go on yeah. with this ride. And you never know where it's going to go because it's South Park and they're just so weird sometimes. <laughs> they're pretty fearless, so they really do put it out there, everything. So it's neat. Yeah, didn't, yeah, they, didn't they get, like, death threats or something for... Like showing like Muhammad in like the 300th episode or something. I don't. Remember. I remember like they yanked it really quick off the website. I I, well, I know that remember. was a huge that was the huge thing for that episode was that they're going to show him or something like yeah, that. And yeah. I don't know if it ever was real. I mean, might have been. I think it. I can't remember. Hell of a publicity stunt if not. Uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a good show. It, it, it's amazing what they can get away with. 23 seasons now they have under their belt and they still like make me go holy shit (laughs) you never you can't believe what you're watching on tv right yeah you really can sometimes that's why i love it that's why i keep coming back for it but anyway we are back around to robert now okay uh, what uh, is it cult movies or whatever you want sir any cult movie tv show game anything i'll go with uh maybe a cult uh video game Okay. Since that's what Shaykhan is. He's kind of, he was a cult video game. That's the character I created uh, from Sega. And it was kind of cool because uh, he's always had a cult following, small following, and uh, it ended up being a video game all over the world. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't wait to hear more about that, too. Mm-hmm. It just yeah, that's like going to be tight. That's going to be tight to hear more about. But uh, he's a cool character. Isn't yeah. He? Oh, those big swords and shit. Yeah. <laughs> he looks awesome. Yeah, and I can't wait to uh, hear more about that myself. That's going to be sweet. Um, so I don't know how to classify this, but anytime I think cult classic, I think of something that didn't get a lot of mainstream attention and had a very passionate fan base. And if I say Homestar Runner... Oh, there you go. boy. So, yes, especially the strong, bad emails. Like, I... Yeah, yeah. 
I struggle if I don't at least reference those at least once a month anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's I, if I mean, you know about it, you love it, and if you don't know about it, it was it's impacted my life. My yeah. my, my my cat that I had for uh, what sixteen years that I just lost best few years. His name was the cheat that came yeah. straight from that show. Yeah. I've got a Strong Bad album somewhere. I've got a sweatshirt with Strong Bad on it somewhere. Yeah, I, I loved uh, that website and watching all those, but it sucked because for the longest time you could only watch it on that teeny tiny little Flash player. Yeah, because Flash was going out of date. Yeah, well, they <laughs> finally upgraded everything to YouTube, so you can watch all those Strong Bad emails. Great oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Now. Sweet. But, uh, yeah, 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 that's some good shit. Yeah, that also... The, uh, Teen Girl Squad. Yes. <laughs> the ugly one. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, <laughs> To this day, every time I get a broken link... A 404 error on screen. I shout out 404. <laughs> Did you guys see? Uh, Pass armed. <laughs> oh, last year they had a Kickstarter for a Trogdor. The Trogdor game. game. Yeah, yeah, so wanted to get in yeah. on that, but it was. Expensive. I do remember that. Yeah. Did it ever come to fruition? I think. I think they uh, were funded. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Yeah. It'd been horrible if they didn't. But yeah. I'm, it was. I want to say it was like forty bucks or something like that for the small, the lowest yeah. tier game. Yeah, it wow. was. It, it was, was expensive. Now you can burninate the countryside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. I think we need to end the episode on this Trogdor theme, if possible. I've I've got it. I've got the extended one too. Oh, nice. Did you ever the play the Needly and Noodly guitars? The Guitar Hero Trogdor. Yes. Oh my God, it was so freaking hard. I remember I downloaded it and tried playing. I was like, Nope, I'll never play this one. I get a bunch of booze all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that was a good pick, Home Star Runner. Man, that takes me back. I was about that shit. <laughs> Jack, what we got? Mine is a uh, pretty much three video games. I think it's really two because the third one I didn't play, but it falls in the same category. It was called Eco. Was about the a- dolphin. No, that's Echo. Oh, I'm going to know how to read. (laughs) PlayStation 2, I think it was. And it was was a Japanese game. And it was set in a fantasy world. And this little little Japanese kid with horns. And you had to drag him, this girl, through this whole world. And these weird ghosts came around. It was real weird. The animation was amazing. Hmm. There was really no dialogue in the whole game. It was a lot of puzzles. But it... It went along with another game that was called Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, yeah, that one I'm familiar with. That one, Eco, I think was... Shadow of the Colossus was supposed to be from the first of the story, I guess. Because at okay. the end, there's a baby that has horns in the end. Okay, now you're saying that. I, I know what game. I was thinking like more cartoony. No. Okay, all right. And then the the last Guardian, I think it was for some for PlayStation 4, yeah. came out with a big ferret bird brat animal that runs around that you I that one I didn't get to play with. Hmm. I didn't get to play. It didn't get good reviews because it was like PS3 graphics on the PS4 mm. so it was kind of outdated and a lot of people didn't like it but yeah, that game Shadow of the Colossus especially. Yeah. That game was so was intense game. it wasn't even funny. And then they mm. remastered it so it looks even better. Yeah, and I didn't even realize that was part of the series. So. Yeah. Huh. Cool games. Eco Eco, yep. Not to be confused with Echo the Dog. I C O. I C O. Huh. I, I don't know how I, I missed that. Something about it sounds familiar, though. I feel like if I saw it, maybe it would uh, have to look it up. I don't know if it's a game you'd play. Maybe. Probably not. Probably <laughs> not. But uh, yeah, I don't play many games anymore, do I? All right. So who are we? Are we back to me? Yep. Yep. Oh, uh, well, um, I have the Big Lebowski down here. Okay, I think that counts as a cult uh, classic. Easily, film, hell right? yeah! <laughs> and damn, what a good one! Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the first time I watched that movie, when it was over, I was like, "I don't get it. What's it about?" That's what I thought. I didn't think that was a, a but, big, big one for you. Well, it wasn't at first, but then like a few days after it, I was like, <laughs> I couldn't get it out of my head. Like so many things about it kept coming up in my head. I was like, I think I need to watch that movie again. <laughs> and after the second watch, man, I was in it hardcore. <laughs> Even John Goodman's like, shut the fuck up, Donnie. Oh, God, yeah, that's the best. <laughs> oh, that made uh, me lose my shit. I mean, anything that Jeff Bridges did in that movie was hilarious. No. <laughs> he dropped his roach and he hit that dumpster. That, and he, <laughs> I mean, that's the best part. I, God, I think about that one all the time. Get the hell he just out swerved of it. and just plowed into that dumpster. 
<laughs> I do a lot of uh, show conventions all over the country, and I almost every show there's a cosplay of the Big Lebowski. Oh, so yeah. yeah, yep. You yep. always see him wandering around the convention. Someone really awesome. The most Looks comfortable good. guy in the whole building, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would love to be like him. Just sail through life, not really caring. Don't yeah. take offense to nothing. Just trying to get your be. rug replaced. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, uh, Flea was in that movie too. Remember, wasn't he one of the? Uh, was he? Oh yeah, German he was. artists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are oh, you an Eagles God. fan? Uh, am I, like, are you asking me, or is yeah, it something? No, I'm asking film? you. Yeah, I like the Eagles. Do you? That kills me when they're in the car when he's in the taxi and they're playing the Eagles. He's just like, can you turn this off? I fucking hate the Eagles. <laughs> Kick him out of the cab. <laughs> I like the Eagles. Yeah, I dig the Eagles. I. <laughs> Was it like Hotel California or something? Or it might have been Take It Easy, I think, or oh, something like that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. There's some. I, I enjoy some easy. songs, but I think it's that one. If I ever hear, I'm just like, oh my god! But maybe it's I just like referring to the movie New Kid in Town from the New Kids or shit, New Kids from the Hotel California. Mm-hmm. Um, that's such a good song. But uh, that and Hotel California and just, you know, their hits, obviously. <laughs> I saw it's funny, though. I the last time I saw Tom Petty live, uh, Joe Walsh opened for him. And, you know, I knew a few Joe Walsh songs, but I wasn't really thinking much of it. That was such a good show. I had no idea how much Joe Walsh stuff I actually knew. Isn't it weird when it, that happened? Yes, I was like, he does this one too. It, did, it was like that for me when I saw Chicago one year. I was like, oh, oh yeah? crap! I had no idea they did all these songs. Yeah, yeah, it was such a good time, such a good concert. Yeah, I would definitely go see him or, or him with the Eagles. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Not, I can't agree with the dude there. <laughs> uh, Robert, did you have any more uh, cult classic picks? Yeah, uh, this one here is one of those ones people either love or they hate. It was a TV series as well as a series of movies. It's kind of like a horror movie, but it has a humor to it. It's called Tremors. And uh, oh, yeah. Underground Beasts in the Desert, and uh, I, I just really dig those. Those are those are a lot of fun. Yeah. It's kind of in the vein of like Starship Troopers and the first Robocop where, you know, it has a little bit of humor and satire in with the uh, with the sci-fi and cool creatures. It's truly horrifying, though. I mean, if you think about it, like anywhere you step on the ground, you are, well, yeah. you are, yeah. you know, vulnerable. So it's like, where do you go? Well, and then the second one, when they got crew legs, I think Kevin Bacon was, was in that one. That one. I was, only ever he was saw in the first, first one. Was he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're up to like six movies now. And, you know, <laughs> a couple of them aren't very good, but the last one, they went to Antarctica and there was a whole other type of tremor beast. And it was pretty fun. I think. They're on Netflix or something, but they're pretty fun to watch. Wow, awesome! Hell, I heard something about them bringing that back again somewhere. I don't know if it was a series. Reboot, I think reboot. Was, yeah, <laughs> Tremors Ten still tremming. It's kind of like Sharknado, <laughs> but underground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, have you guys ever seen the Puppet Master movies with the little puppets from Full Moon Productions? Little no, movie. but I know what puppet you're talking about. Like yes. little like black top hat and hair, white face. Yeah. Yes. yes, very cool thing, and and there's a series of those. I think you can watch them for free on like Tubi or something. But um, those are neat, and there's like ten of those. And you know, it's like one of those things where I had seen the first one years ago, and I thought, okay, that was it, that was pretty cool. And then you know, I saw that they had made like ten more. It's you know, like Hellraiser, they keep making them. <laughs> wow. Even though you never see them in the theater, they're just, you know, then you just stumble across them. Right. Very good. Very good. Very good. Uh, who would like Dr. to go next? Randy. Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, Robert, you're going to have to jump in on this if you want to, but uh, you are talking B-movies earlier, and anytime I hear a B-movie, the first thing I always think of is Plan 9 from Outer Space. Literally one of the worst, best movies ever. It's... It when was that, like 50s, Robert? Yeah, it definitely was. Okay. And, and the... The weird bald guy, I forget his name, but he was in a lot of those early B-movies. Yeah, And uh, Bela Lugosi, that was his last acting role before he died, and he died halfway through production. So they got, like, Ed Wood's dentist to, like, reprise him, and he just held the cape over his face the entire time. <laughs> really? And, like, all the spaceships, you see, like, the wires and stuff, and it's just, it's so bad. Very so low bad. budget, man. Yeah, Ed oh, Wood. Yeah. Roger Corman, both of them, you know, they they were very, very much uh, doing it for pennies. 
But yeah, it's it's one of those that you you just gotta watch and laugh. It's hilarious. Hmm. What's it called again? Plan Nine from Outer Space. That sounds familiar. It's it's spoofed all the time, but it's okay. it's, it's that's great. Probably why, that's probably yeah. why. Yeah, probably yeah. do watch it and be like, another one. Another one in that vein is called Robot Monster, and it's just a guy with a gorilla suit with like an old diving bell yeah. helmet. Round one, so that's his whole costume, and it's like it's so bad. But it <laughs> is. I've seen clips of that. I am not a roman; I am a human. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, have you guys ever seen that old movie? Um, I think it's called This Island Earth. That uh, when they did the Mystery Science Theater movie, uh, they okay. that's the movie they riffed on. Okay, but it had these very iconic. If you saw them, you'd know them: big bug-eyed, exposed brain aliens. Yeah, the Medina mutants. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, and they like was like bleeding like this green ooze shit. Yeah. But they had these uh, these claw hands that you could tell were just like big glove things that yeah. fit on the end of these like right. guys' hands in the outfit. So they would always like just droop way down. Like when they'd reach out for the victim, they would be drooping toward the ground. <laughs> these folks. So it's, like, it's just funny to see those old costumes and stuff. It's hilarious. My uh, for my birthday a couple years ago, my pa- my um, family got me like a it's a fifty DVD pack. They paid like ten bucks for it, but it's like all those old junky sci fi movies. Mm. And there's like one that's like Santa Claus invades Mars or something like that, but. You just gotta watch them and just laugh your ass off at some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's that's typically what I do with like Walker Texas Ranger. When when I'm up for a good laugh, I put that in and just kick back and laugh my ass silly because it's some ridiculous shit, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. Oh my god, Jack, what do you got? The show that taught me what college was really like: Community, cult classic. Yeah, that's got a cult. Yeah, I guess it does. It, it must because it hasn't it jumped platform and network like two or three times. Like, didn't it start on NBC? Then it ended up, I thought, on a different network, and then it, it jumped did. to like an online. That's right. Yeah, Cause I think it, after Chevy Chase left after one season or something like that, it jumped to like TBS or something like you that. You know, I I'm ruined on that asshole because I've <laughs> learned within the past few years that he's a complete ass. Mm-hmm. Like that, working with him is unbearable. Anyone that ever worked with him said he's just horrible to work with. So anytime I see him now, because I was always like, man, why isn't he in more episodes of the community? Well, you know now why, because <laughs> he's an asshole. But um, that paycheck. Yeah, yeah. He was funny though on that show. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed him, especially there was an episode where they played Dungeons and Dragons that I think he was a part of. That was really good. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. I saw I, I, it was like the last two seasons. I didn't say I haven't seen the GI Joe one, unfortunately yet. Oh, you haven't? No. I don't know how right. I would have seen that, and you haven't. That was a good one. Well, I, I, we were binge were watching like, it a while ago. Would they animate the whole the episode? Or yeah, like I know it's, it it's like in season eight or something. It's towards the yeah. end. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't. I haven't. We we ended up buying the seasons because we had no way to watch it, and we wanted to watch it and keep going because it was so good. It's a good show for sure. I'll just yeah. check that out. Yeah. yeah, it's hilarious. Chunk it out, Randy. I'll chunk it out. Chunk it out. All right, uh, where are we at here? We're at thirty minutes. What do you guys think? I can go another round. Let's go another round. Um, I have the Simpsons written here, though, despite what some of you might think, <laughs> I I would have to say it's a cult followed show. No. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's been around forever, so there's definitely got a following. And the toys are big. A lot, you know, people collect their toys uh, like crazy. They, they've done everybody. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Robert Jeremy's literally sitting on, like, what, 300 square feet of Simpsons toys in his basement? <laughs> I've got so many Simpsons toys in my basement. It's, it's well, sick. Awesome. They're clever. They're good. well done. They are. They were. They were, I should say. I, I I feel Simpsons Prime was like season two to like eleven or twelve, and after that, it, it just kind of becomes a different show. A lot of the writers change, the humor changes. It's more punchline humor than you know something you got to think about. Right? You know what I mean? Right. But, it's uh, got to be hard to keep that freshness. I mean, you know, there's yeah. how many stories can you do? You know, it's it's a, I, you got to give them credit for. You know, just hanging on that long. It's a lot of work. And that's a good thing to uh, mention there, Robert, because, you know, like some of these later seasons, you know, here you know, before and around 30, they're past 30 now, right? They've got to be. Oh, wow. I think so. I know yeah. it's the longest yeah, it running. Be. 
So, but uh, they were changing their openings, like letting like outside animators like take over the openings to the show. And, like, the Rick and Morty one. Yeah, and like letting uh, like the shows carry odd themes. And uh, at the time, I was like, man, what are they doing with this show? I don't want to watch this. But at the same time, you know, like Robert said. It's it's thirty years old. You know how are you <laughs> yeah. going to keep writing something, keep it fresh and new? And, and you know Homer's worked about every fucking job you can work <laughs> out there, done everything you can think of. You know, I don't I don't know, but um, it's weird because I, as as much as I don't keep up with it now, there's like a part of my heart is going to break the day they say that show goes yeah. away because oh, yeah. it's just it's one of those constants that's been in my life it came on the air when i was in second grade and i've loved it ever since yeah and to i don't know be in a world that i mean of course it'll always be here especially now with streaming and fx it's on 24 7 on, yeah but i don't know there's something about it that uh will definitely break my heart when that show gets canceled between simpsons family guy and uh south park i wonder out of the three which one's gonna last the longest most longevity you mean like go on longer or you just mean have like the longest minute like stacked seasons yeah like just which one's I gonna get think canceled South last? Park is just gonna hang the fuck in there yeah. until the Simpsons so? kill over and go one over. <laughs> <laughs> that seems that produce that animation that they probably could do it. You know, even if the ratings aren't the greatest, it's not that expensive to produce, so they probably will keep going. Right? Yeah, exactly. You know, a Simpsons episode I think takes about six months to fully produce. You know, after shipping it off to animators, getting it back, syncing mm. everything, where South Park, they do that all in a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, uh, and, you know, there's obviously a much, there's a big difference in the animations. But, right. Um, and South Park just goes off of current events and, Simpsons doesn't really so much. I mean, they they do, but by the time they get to it, it's old it's, news. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like, I, oh yeah, that was a funny. I remember when that uh, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's the advantage of South Park. You know, they can be topical because they can whip it out in a week. The you know the animation, everything. So they're able to stay while it's current, and that's helped them a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, hearing them talk about the uh, the presidential debate with trump and uh clinton hillary clinton you know and nobody thought trump was going to win so you know they had geared that whole episode toward her winning and Mm -hmm. then overnight like they were watching the polls they're like oh shit (laughs) we've got to remake this episode going the other way like it's crazy to have that uh that much control i don't don't know you know i can't imagine being that the stress that must like put on people because <laughs> yeah, have you ever seen <laughs> have you ever seen like say i think it was six days to air the documentary about i've never seen that oh it's so good you need to watch it it's it's about a week at the south park studios them producing an episode right mm. and they're sitting there talking you know we how is it the show goes up goes what is that wednesday that show is new i think it was on wednesdays so they'll take thursday friday off then i think they're Back in there, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You know, sometimes they don't have the story even finished until like Monday night. Oh, jeez, <laughs> nuts! That is yeah. crazy. That's loose. That is very loose. I can't. <laughs> it's imagined to think that they haven't uh, dropped the ball in all those years. You know, with that kind of a, something. You know, something goes so haywire that like we can't make deadline on this. Yeah. I don't know. They've got to have so many people up there to be able to keep throwing. Because it can't be just Matt and Trey anymore. Right. Well, of course not. It's yeah. not. There's a whole team of people, team yeah. of animators and stuff. They just they uh, write the scripts in a room there, and then they run out and throw it at the people. They animate it. They <laughs> put it all together, you know. But they were talking about uh, their lawyers having to sit on the phone and to see what they can get away with saying on TV. And <laughs> <laughs> this woman's like, it's no, it's nothing out of the ordinary to be on the phone with someone like, okay, yes, this is so and so at South Park. Yes, I'm just going to see. If it's okay if we show uh, semen coming out of an anus, okay, we can't do that. Okay, can we, you know, just like, <laughs> just the crazy shit that she was talking Jeez. about. It was it was nuts. Because you know those guys are pushing it. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. Anyway, that's my South Park uh, soapbox for the day. So, uh, who's who's next? Robert. Oh, yeah, Robert. Robert. Okay, I'll, I'll go with an old school, uh, since we're talking about cartoons. I used to always love the uh, Hanna-Barbera superheroes, like oh. Mighty Mightor, Space Ghost, mm. the Herculoids. And those, I think, um, you still see the toys being made here and there today, and the comic books keep coming back. So 
I think they have a cult following. I think people, even younger people, have watched an episode here and there of those. I yeah. forgot about the Herculoids. Oh yeah, I don't even remember those, to be honest. Those were the ones with the two, like, yellow jelly-looking guys. Yes, and the... Gleep and yeah, Gloop. Gloop yeah. and Gleep. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's but when I was a kid, everybody wanted, like, a, you know, a Triceratops that could shoot, you know, rock Lava missiles balls. out of his horns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that flying dragon <laughs> thing. Oh, Zoc, yeah. Yep, that shoot light, it shot lightning bolts out of its tail or whatever. Yeah, it was cool stuff. Hanna Barbera did Johnny Quest too, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 I I often wonder about Hanna Barbera. I was going to say Hanna Barbarian, <laughs> Hanna Barbera, but I uh, I ought to get on Google and look because I could probably easily be answered. But I just wonder where that property, where all those properties are hanging now, because you just don't see or hear anything really Mm-mm. from Hanna Barbera. I mean, except for like the Scooby Doo straight to DVD movies. Uh, there was a Harvey Birdman season that came out a year or two ago, and mm-hmm. Flintstones Vitamins. I mean, what else yeah. is there? Pop. They, the Funko Pop of everybody that they ever had. Right. <laughs> I, I, I just wish somebody could uh, resurrect a lot of those characters. Those are good characters. Yeah. The Flintstones. Uh, Yogi Bear. Huckleberry Hound. Yeah. Um, underdog. He wasn't Hanna-Barbera, was he? I don't think he was. I don't think so. No. Yeah, I'm not, what was I the, don't... the pink, not the Pink Panther, but uh, oh, what was it? He was a Hanna-Barbera character. The, oh, crap. Exit's stage right. Yeah. Snagglepuss. Yes. Snagglepuss. Yes. Captain Caveman. Oh, they had Huckberry Hound, Yogi Bear, and Boo Boo. They yeah. had a wide range. Uh, they did some monster stuff like... Um, the little Frankenstein Jr. He, you know, like he was like a Frankenstein robot with his little buddy that right. helped him. A lot of real, like you said, a lot of good characters that mm-hmm. probably would do well, and and you know if they could get the rights to them. Yeah, Hong Kong Fooey. the Smurfs. Yeah, the Smurfs mm-hmm. are a big one, and I guess those are those movies are being made. But um, I imagine somebody's just sitting on that property somewhere. I, it'd be cool to see someone like Disney take it and revamp it and yeah. push it back out into the world. Don't again, give another one to Disney. Well, well, They're the only yeah. one that could do anything good with it. I was going to say, yeah. no one else is doing anything with it. Outside of Cartoon Network, are those even available for streaming? A lot of that stuff? Maybe Cartoon Network owns that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I know YouTube has a lot of the old stuff. Like I said, I'm a little bit older, so... Well, probably a lot older than you guys. I'm about 60. But a lot of those cartoons that I like, like Mighty Mouse and all that stuff, you can go to YouTube. The, they have a lot of those on there. Gotcha. I see. What's Boomerang run by? Because those, I think... Same uh, cartoon Is network. cartoon network? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they played a lot of Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. yeah. Remember uh, King's Island? Used to, when, used to be yeah. all Hanna-Barbera Hanna yeah. when yeah. we were growing up. Yeah, that was really fun. What are they now? Nothing. Nothing. nothing uh, peanuts. I was just oh, there, that's yeah. right. Peanuts. Yeah. yeah. Who's having fun with the peanuts? I don't know. They're, they've kind of dwindled away to nothing. What kid says, ooh, Charlie Brown? Cool. The kid that gets bullied all the time. Good grief. <laughs> yeah. Or it's, it's Linus. Look. The kid that sucks his thumb and carries a blank. He's so cool. <laughs> you know, it's funny because that was the number one, like, property cartoon or comic strip wise you know during the 60s and even through the 70s and 50s and uh you know what killed it for me i think you know uh when calvin and hobbs came uh, calvin and hobbs was so good that you know just you forgot about everybody else i mean yeah you know bill watterson with the calvin and hobbs just just you know it was a perfect comic strip and and i think it kind of made peanuts look kind of dated you know unfortunately yeah, and I, I, I this is another instance where I don't want to seem like I'm talking down on Peanuts because I love the Peanuts. Uh, those are some of the first comics I ever grew up mm-hmm. on. Was, along with those Garfield books, I used to right. tell you about Peanuts yeah. books were uh, some good comics. Just they don't belong in an amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. You> know? <laughs> That's not the level of excitement Charlie Brown brings, I don't think, but... I think they had Nickelodeon before Peanuts, yeah. so you know that's quite a step down from SpongeBob and yeah, like Hey Arnold, all Charlie this, Brown, this trendy shit. To <laughs> what was trendy back in the day? But I'm not running an amusement park either, so what the fuck do I know? 
And on that note, I think we could uh, we can move forward. Yeah. Uh, and now let's turn our attention over to Rack and talk more about Shaykhan, the forever man. And I want to thank you, Robert, for being here. I'm so excited to talk about this. When Randy put this uh, in front of me, you know, I was I was researching it. I, I He said it had been a Sega game, and I was like, okay, let me see the cover. And when, as soon as he showed it to me, boy, it came rushing back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if it's coming rushing back to me, it's going to come rushing back to a lot of people out mm-hmm. there. <laughs> so I'm so very curious, one, to if we could start maybe just hearing about the character himself and then maybe kind of your inspiration for the character and how it evolved into everything it's become. Well, the the character Sheikh Khan, uh, he's kind of a um, combination of a three three loves that I had was the the old pulp books um, that were reprinted in the seventies, um, things like Doc Savage and The Shadow and all those mm-hmm. uh, comic books which I've collected my whole life. Um, so he's kind of like a comic book character, and then like Men's Adventure uh, paperbacks, kind of like the uh, Mac and Executioner, the Destroyer graph, uh, novels. He's kind of like a meld of all those three things into this this character I created. And, um, you know, it's just been a neat little thing to see him evolve from a little sketchbook drawing. Um, and then I became one of the first independent publishers in the country in the, in the early 80s. And then it was picked up by Sega, went worldwide, and uh, he's done 36... Uh, Graphic novellas I have out on the characters, as well as, uh, you know, a new action figure was just released. That's really cool. Lots of different uh, uh, appearances of him as that, too. So it's kind of neat. He's taken me all around the country. I do San Diego Comic-Con every year. I do New York Comic-Con every year uh, and shows all all over the country. So it's kind of been nice. I would say so. It's got to be an incredible feeling, like you said, to see to go from sketchbook to playing it on a Sega Entertainment Center, to seeing it in 36 books. I mean, an action figure form. Now, video game or no, action figure, that's how you know. That's the top. That's yeah. that's, that's the top <laughs> tier, right? At least yeah. in my book. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty neat to, to have a character uh, that just was a figment of your imagination, and then you end up, you get to play it on a video game, and then later on you get to play with it as an action figure. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's not too yeah. bad. Does it ever cease to be surreal? Um, no, no. I, I I grew up in the inner city of Akron, Ohio, and and you know I never dreamt that I would you know travel the country and have fans all over the world and and people collecting my work like they do. So it's been it's been a really neat thing. So so how did this then end up under the nose of Sega? First, I mean, was this something you were just like sending out, or was there a was a book out already that they had seen and then caught wind of? Yeah. How did it end up as a video game? Um, he had already. I had created the character. He was a backup feature in a book I did called Thunder Mace, which was, like I said, one of the first independent books back when there was like me, the Turtles, Elf Quest. There was just a few of us trying to do our own thing. You know, we had different ideas than traditional comics. We weren't doing things like the big two. You know, more independent. You know, ideas. Right. And like I said, I didn't really want to draw a character with the skin tight. You know you know, spandex costume or something like that. I, I was, you know, I wanted something more sword and spell, sword and sorcery, in kind of like in the mythos of, you know, Robert E. Howard's Conan or Elric of Melonborn, you know, those type of characters. Um, so, you know, I created this whole mythos of this character who challenged death to a fight. And he actually won, but he got cursed. You know, he was fighting for immortality. And he kind of got his gift of immortality, but... Um, with it came a curse, and he had to wear the face of death. That's why his face is very skull-like, and he had to hunt down supernatural evils. Um, and at night when he tries to sleep, as the demons are attacking a victim far in a far corner of the world somewhere, he feels that, you know, every every bite, every claw strike. Wow. So he really has a miserable existence, and uh, the, the whole series is him. Uh, he was stripped— of his magic by death is him slowly rebuilding so he can rematch death and uh, so that he can end the curse. And Sega actually were kind of intrigued that he was one character that was actually 
trying to die. You know, he, he was trying, you know, like most video games, you want more life. Well, Shekan was a guy that didn't want to live. So it was kind of a, it was interesting for them, but uh, they picked up the book and um, they passed it around the offices and everybody was like, this character uh, is very cool. And uh, they contacted me, we negotiated it. And uh, I worked with them for 14 months and, and, and putting the video game together. It's kind of like putting a, small budget movie together you know you had the 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 art director the music guy the animators the sprite guys you had you know the whole a whole little crew there and they loved working on they loved working on them i mean they were used to doing the uh sonic the hedgehog the more cute type stuff and you know they you know a lot they were they were digging and uh they made it very dark, which is the character is dark it's it's more for you know sixteen and over it's kind of like a you know, PG thirteen to R rated. I would say that the books are they're they're not for little kids. It's not you know Casper the Ghost. <laughs> so it was for them to do a video game. You know, it was it was intense and and uh, they did a great job with it. You know, years later, Ed, the guy that was the um, game director, he said, you know what, we had Spawn before Spawn and we didn't even know it. You know, and and I think uh, in a lot of ways, that, wow, that's, that's true. true. I was one of the first ones breaking that type of ground. And I and I I think I dig your character more than I do Spawn, honestly. I mean, it's, it's, it's... Bad, but uh, my mythos is a little <laughs> bit more involved. I mean, I have a, you know, he's wandering through this thing called the Journey of a Hundred Candles, and and the the this this spell is unwinding and slowly being destroying creation itself, and he has to go in there and and. Uh, he's teleported all over the place and he has to find out what what's wrong in that part of the thing and correct it you gotta you know fight this monster over here and this situation over here and and that it keeps it fresh uh some books can be a horror story like you know the gore pit and others can be you know just an action you know he's got to fight his way through a intergalactic prison to you know to to solve the puzzle of that particular book or story so it's neat yeah, I would say so. Now, now you were uh, saying that uh, as far as the video game design goes, you were uh, involved. You said it was a fourteen week process. No, uh, fourteen month. Fourteen it, month. It, Holy cow! So yeah, they, and that was back then. They they're a lot longer now for right. some of them. <laughs> so you were brought in on all aspects, on like visual, sound, like you were there for all of that. Yeah, I, I had uh, the right of first approval drafted into my contract. I, I wasn't familiar with the video game market at the time, and I and I wanted to keep integrity to the character. I didn't want, like, some goofy little sidekick guy, you know, because I had seen, like, Pac-Man and, you know, the Sonic-type right. stuff, and I was like, you know, that's not my character, man. He He's not, like, this happy-go-lucky thing jumping around grabbing rings. You know, he's, you know, he kills things. That's what he does. That's his mission, <laughs> you know, yeah. and... Uh, and so um, when I signed that, then I, I had the approval of the music, the look, the backgrounds, and I designed most of the big bosses. Um, and, and a lot of the other artists out there to help with the little guys that are flying around here and there. But it was fun. It was a, it was a very much a, a learning experience for me. So how cool! How cool. That's why I like to say it because they were the darker one. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did. They ended up doing some really creative games. I mean, it, um, the Shinobi, all that stuff was a lot of fun. The side scroll action games. They're still fun to me. I mean, obviously, graphics are so much better nowadays and stuff, but those are still very playable and, and, and have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Now, Shikam was very difficult. We we had a choice. We didn't have much memory. The cards were less than a meg, so there was a choice. You could have uh, three more levels of content or a save feature, you know, and, and uh, we went with the three levels of content, so... Uh, because you can't save as you go along, it, it, it became, you know, it was voted by Sega Ma- Magazine um, in the top three hardest games Sega made. So, right on. Uh, wow. <laughs> but, you know, what? at every show all over the country, people come up to me and they love it. They're like, very few come up to me and say they beat it. But almost all of them come up and say, I love it. I spent hours trying to get this guy to win it. <laughs> You know, they pull for the character and it kind of fits the storyline because he's, you know, he's in a bad spot. He's like, you know, this cursed person that's trying to, you know, has to slog through hell to, you know, 
to, to get released from it. So, so it's kind of you experience that if you play the game. You, you're you slogging to get to the end yeah. like he wants. <laughs> well, it's not too bad. I'm going to have to find this game and play yeah. it. I, I but there try is an it, end to the game. It's not really just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they do have it on like the 80 packs uh, because it was an official Sega game. Uh, you can get them in, and those have a save. So you can buy those. The, they have them at like Bed Bath & Beyond and Target. Yeah. You know, yeah. Look on the back. He's always in those, and uh, and that's kind of cool. You get for eighty games for like forty bucks. I mean, it's a great deal. It's a great deal. And uh, you can actually save it, and that will be a way that you might be able to actually win it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have an emulator. A buddy did up for me. I'll bet you it's on there. I bet you anything. I might it's too. on there. But I've got one of the little Sega Genesis with a bunch of games loaded into it. It might be in there actually. You have to check when you get home. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be so freaking cool. But, uh, yeah, not to switch gears on you, Robert, but, um, you know, I've been following you on Facebook, and we're really excited to have you at Torgs, uh, really excited to meet you. And then uh, I've also been seeing you've been doing a lot of other stuff, too. Um, you're working on, what is it, Build-A-Beast game right now? Yeah, yeah Build-A-Beast game. I, I try to do, um, I, in this in this field, any creative field, you have to really reinvent yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when I started out, I'd do a show. There was me and a couple other guys, you know, who were artists or whatever. And now even smaller regional shows will have, you know, 40 to 50 artists. So it's it's kind of competitive. But I'm kind of lucky because I started so long ago that, you know, I have a foundational core cult following that have right. followed me through all my uh, different uh incarnations if you speak so i i did the uh, video game that led me into doing a lot of work in the toy and game industry art directors wanted me to do paintings for their different card games and and like galactic empires things like that like magic clone type stuff and then i started uh making my own uh designing my own games i, I did a game called dragon war which is a cult classic people dig that um places that, like dragon con down in atlanta you know i sell out every time i bring stacks of that stuff wow. so, so so that's kind of a neat thing and um so you you know i always do things i want to see and, and what i want to draw because i feel if i do it someone else is bound to like it you know right. hopefully right. <laughs> yeah. but the building piece thing is kind of a fun thing it's just going to be a a couple different card games you can play with these you know these monsters that have like a head a body and a feet they're segmented and you can mix and match them and i have all kinds of them uh everything from mythological creatures to robots you know so it's kind of all all the pop culture genre stuff that i like kind of refiltered through my eyes and i tried to put a cool little style to it and, and a lot of that stuff you know like i said you can go to the rack graphics um facebook page and see a lot of that that stuff that i'm working on but i i work on the way i work is i work on a lot of things at the same time it's polysyncratic i guess they call it so like today i'm i was writing a Shaykhan story, but but just yesterday I was working on those monster a monster game. So I it keeps me fresh okay. and just you know you know gives me a break so I don't burn out on the writing aspect. Gotcha. You know the drawing, and then I can do a game design to kind of test my mind and see see what I can do. But yeah, I like mixing it up. I mean that's 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 the thing. You you don't want to be the guy that I mean I hate to. I've met a lot of artists where they kind of plateau at a certain level or a certain style. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I think it's good to, like, um, you know, take chances, man. I mean, not, isn't that what it's about? I mean, you know, I could easily repeat myself over and over again and just keep doing the same Shaykhan story or the, or the same Dragon War expansion over and over. But, but that's not what you want to do. Uh, longevity as a creative, you have to expand your boundaries expand your audience expand you know what, what you do so that, that's yeah. what i try to do i push myself to not be comfortable i'll take a chance sometimes yeah, you, mean, you, can, <laughs> you can like you said set toe stand on something that's probably working right now doesn't mean it's going to keep working for you well i started in the comic industry and and it's a brutal industry 
And, you know, to your point, I see a lot of, um, you know, well-known pros and stuff that were, you know, legendary contributors to the Marvel and DC comics. And, you know, they, they haven't had a book for 15 years. And, and it's 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 a shame. And, and the one thing I always stress to younger artists and creatives is start your own company. Learn how to do your own thing. Because like you said, you know, you might be, be called in after being an associate editor and, and an artist on a title for six. 60 issues and and be told hey your style's old fashioned we don't we don't need you anymore right. you know and that's not a good place but that that's happened a lot uh shamefully in the comic book industry oh yeah and we've heard quite a few of those yeah. stories yeah, yeah, this show, <laughs> we? yeah yeah it's not a it's not a forgiving business and that's i, I guess uh why we love the community because everyone's so eager to help each other out because it's such a cutthroat yeah. industry you know what yeah. i mean Right. I I never hold back information. I tell people, you know, my sources of for printing, all that stuff. You know, you you know, like you said, you have to cooperate. You know, I don't compete with anybody but myself, and and it's worked out good for me all these years. Like I said, I started out as a you know little publisher in Akron, Ohio. Uh, Sheikh Khan has sold 250,000 books. I mean, that's a quarter of a million books. I never would have thought that when I started out. I mean, it's, you know, and still he has a lot of growth potential because a lot of people haven't heard of him still. So it's kind of neat, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. And he, he has kind of a timeless look to him too. He doesn't mm-hmm. have a look that ages. He doesn't look like a character that's in the nineties or whatever. He's, he's got a very <laughs> unique look. He's too. got a unique look, but a timeless look that yeah. just no matter when you see it, he looks badass. Yeah. You know? Especially in the world we're living in now where like superheroes are like everything yes exactly exactly well you know and that's i think that's why they they like the character because his silhouette was so different you know he has he's kind of has the the super wide hat and things like that 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 does make him stand out i mean when I, i i created the character i went to new york to try to get work in the, when I was young, I was 20, I was right out of, uh, out of, I was still in college, art school. And I went there, to, I stayed in New York for a, a couple months trying to talk to editors and of different book companies, trying to do book covers, things like that. And uh, I created him. And when I, you know, when I sat down to create him, I was like, I, I want to create a character that I want to see in a comic book. And, you know, that's when I realized I didn't want to see one. You know, I didn't want to draw Spider-Man. I, I love the character. I grew up with collecting the character. Batman, I love him. But that's not me. That's not my influences. That's not what I want to do. And, and so I came up with this character that had this very strange look. But, um, you know, I was a, I'm a lifelong martial artist. So I, um, I know about swords and I know about, you know, things like that. So I put that type of stuff into into the character. And I'm sure the uh, the readers and players or whatever pick up on that. too. Yeah. you know, that's that stuff definitely shows through when it, uh, there's actual inspiration or actual knowledge into the creation. You know what I mean? Rather than just drawing two generic swords. Right. I'm sure those. Swords are a very specific kind of sword. The passion bleeds through. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and in the books, when he's you know taking apart an opponent, you know when he's attacking them, you know you hear his you know his tactical knowledge, how he's you know doing the joint dislocations, things like that. I can throw in there because I studied Chi Nan, different things like that. So you know he has that type of of knowledge that that you don't. You can't. You just can't make up. You have to experience and know how it feels to have your your arm, you know, arm barred and things like that. So, right. you know, <laughs> I don't know if I want to experience that. But <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. But <laughs> I want to encourage uh, our listeners to head over to rackgraphics.com. That's r a k graphics.com. Robert, is there anywhere else uh, we should be directing people to check uh, more of your stuff out? Well, like I said, the Facebook, um, uh, the Rack Graphics on Facebook is a good place. And then I have a really great uh, fan page uh, uh, for Shaykhan. It's Shaykhan the Forever Man on Facebook. And pinned to the top of that page, I have the uh, number one issue, the one that inspired the video game. Uh, It's pinned to the top in full colors, 72 pages. It's free. People can read it. How about that? Go there and really dig the, you know, and I didn't touch up the art. I just colorized it from the original black and white graphic novel. Um, so it's, you have the essence of, of what the character is right there. And uh, and I do drop 
uh, on that page uh, graphic novella stories so people can beta read them and stuff like that. I, I believe in giving a lot of material. And on the website, you'll see there's um, uh, short animation shorts and stuff like that that are that are uh, free. Everything's free on the website. There's free stories, everything. So um, I, I've been very blessed and, and with the character. He's paid a lot of bills for me, so I... I like people to have a lot of free uh, Shaykhan stuff to, to get to get to know the character, and I hope they want to follow his adventures and see if he gets that rematch with the Reaper, man. That, that's what it is. <laughs> that is awesome, though. That is so awesome, and congratulations to you and all your success with the character. That's what, a, what an awesome feeling it must be. You know, it, it's more than I ever thought um, possible when I was a kid, so... Sure. Uh, it's been a hell of a good career for me. <laughs> so I, I guess so. That's awesome, man. Well, Robert, thank you so much for being here with us today, man. This has been great. Well, like I said, it's not my normal thing. I, um, you guys really helped make me feel comfortable there. And uh, <laughs> you guys are very pro, dude. I, I just love uh, – I'll, I'll be listening to you from now on. When you get this thing done, let me know, and I can uh, post it on my three uh, sites and stuff. That way uh, try to get you some more listeners there. I think you guys deserve it. Appreciate oh, it. Appreciate sir. Thank that. You. Yeah, thank you so much. <clears throat> no problem. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candarepodcast.com where you can check out show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, see some YouTube videos, buy some merch, become a patron, or Baby Yoda. Ooh, and if you like our work, if. <laughs> God, I screwed myself up. <laughs> and if you want to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And don't forget to find us on Twitter again at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And again, you want to support the show, you want to get access to that Patreon pod and all the future things we have coming your way, well then just head over to patreon.com forward slash CandairPod or you can do just that. For $5 a month, get you in on that show and there's going to be higher tiers that get you even uh, better content. Uh, radio dramatizations, yes. us playing trivia, uh, and even even some gifts like a- actual tangible things, mm-hmm. not just audio, tangible items. For yeah. Candare, yes. So how about that? How about that shit? Uh, what else we got, guys? So rather than trying to promote your show that I'm not on, I'm going to throw <laughs> out a plug for myself this time. Mm. Um, I went on with the debate this guys uh, who um, you went on. Yes, uh, yes, a had a good ago. time with them. Um, that episode will be dropping uh, next week. But I uh, had a great time with those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just take a premise like uh, which color of Yoshi's the best and start arguing back and forth about it. It's mm-hmm. real lighthearted and a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah, they're fun guys. Yep, yep. So I'll be on their next episode, and I'll probably link that on the Facebook page. So check out is. What If with you yeah. guys. <laughs> we have another podcast called What If that we need to uh, get cracking on again. Mm-hmm. We've been kind of let it fall to the wayside, but. Um, uh, yeah, it's a show that uh, me, myself, uh, Jack Doherty here, and uh, Ryan Little do, where uh, every episode we look at a new twist on reality. What if we could control the weather? What if the world actually were flat? Uh, what else, Jack? What, what else? if Krampus really did exist? Well, yeah, we did that one too, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Didn't we? And then we talk from the topic for about 40 minutes as realistically as possible. If this little change were in effect, how would it butterfly effect into the rest of the world? So check that out. Uh, what if series I would search in your podcast player of choice, or you can just search Candair Productions and bring up this show and that one. Um, what else am I forgetting? Anything? That's it. I think that's everything in a nice little package. That's so, an episode. Until next week, I am Jeremy Colley. I am Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And I'm Rack. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> but he was still
and the truck door comes in the night! Hey, Joey, the pond's frozen. Watch me ice skate. Wait, come back. The ice could break. Whoops. Help! Quickly, walk back to the edge. Stop, you'll break through the ice. Snow job! Grab this branch. You should have been listening to canned air. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Snow job, how'd you get your name? Um... G.I. Joe! Not bad. That's it. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 